This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily, the podcast featuring some of the best bits of uh, this afternoon's show. Well, uh, and um, an anecdote about a toilet. You know, so some yes, of the best you'll bits. certainly get an anecdote, an anecdote about a toilet. About you'll hear toilet. from uh, Ben Foster, the uh, the Watford keeper, uh, who was uh, on good form, wasn't he? Telling us about what it's like to play City when they're completely on it. Um, we also oh, we spoke about all sorts of uh, weird and wonderful things. Uh, we also heard from Mick McCarthy. Yes, Mick. yeah, he's the, got uh, good form, Mick, isn't he? The you Cardiff know? manager joined us, uh, so we'll bring you that as well. And uh, we spoke to uh, a guy called Michael Helfgott. He's an amazing guy. He's the son of uh, a former Olympian called uh, Ben, Sir Ben Helfgott, and he told us his dad's remarkable story on Holocaust Memorial Day. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Mick. So the title's sewn up then, isn't it? You know, because West, oh, yeah, West Brom haven't lost at home 5-0 for, what, four weeks. So it's a real sign, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Mind you, I mean, when City when City get it right, like they did in the first half, it's mm. kind of otherworldly, yeah. the football they play, isn't it? it? It's so... Everyone is so relaxed. When, when You know, the way Gundogan took that first one, or, or when Mares yeah. controlled the ball... He's just sort of, he's so relaxed. It, it does look every... like, well, it does look like the opposition should be in bibs. Yeah. And then, so it's bibs versus non-bibs. It's A Certainly. versus B. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look at, um, at West Brom's home form, I mean, it, it, you wonder if the fans would have made a difference under Sam. But they've lost 3-0 to Villa, 5-0 uh, to Leeds, 4-0 to Arsenal at home, and now, obviously, 5-0 to City last so, night. Obviously, you, you know, coming on here and criticising a fan base is... Is a, not a wise move, mm. but you're you're giving the West Brom fans a lot of credit. They're going to turn any of those into wins, aren't they? <laughs> I really liked um, yes, being the twelfth man. The twelfth man against City last night probably would have made it four 0 <laughs> Big Sam would have locked locked all the fans in the stadium as well as all the players in the dressing room. Yeah, when he said, right. "Right, I've got to leave." Do you reckon that works? So, what, what about the idea of, a, of fans not doing their job? A bit like the sort of "Come on, let's be Avenue Day." We were talking to Dean Ashton about last week with uh, with Delia. But what if Big Sam was so upset with the quality of the the fans supporting? In a game that they locked all the doors of the stadium. <laughs> you can't leave. And before he spoke to the players, he came out and just berated, berated all the fans. Not that he would, of course. What do you think happens in that? You know, when they're left in the dressing room for an hour. Yeah. I mean, what are they, I mean apart from 
Someone's got someone. You know, they're all looking down at the floor. Yeah. You know, you know, Kieran Gibbs and Jake Livermore. They're all there, and surely somebody sticks their head up and goes. Gaffer City are quite good, yeah. you know. Surely, <laughs> goes, but of all yeah. the games, you know, you could have done it in the Leeds game, but this one. When they when do they actually really lock the dressing room I think door? So. Yeah, I do think you think so. they lock it? Do, do you, you think there is that moment that click and then all the players in love? Oh god, you know, I, I dinner book for eight o'clock. I'm not going to make it. You know, in in a normal world. Well, you know, like I, I don't believe any boxers dislike each other. I think when they do that round the back, they just have a cup of tea round the back. Say, right, I'll hate you. I'll, yes. You say you hate me. We'll go face to face. We'll push each other a bit. It'll get I'll some more table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's the same where Sam says, "Look, I've got to lock the, I've got to lock it." Yeah. So you know, get your phones out. I've bought. In fact, here's Connect Four. <laughs> There's a Connect Four station over there. You can play Ludo. Yeah. You know, I've set up a PlayStation over there, but I've just got to keep it locked for an I've hour. I've got to be. I've got to be late to the press. I've exactly. got to be late to the interviews. You yeah. know, I've got to be. I've got to have the people on the TV saying, "Well, we're still waiting for Sam to emerge from the dressing room. He's locked the door." Yeah, so I he think, said, "Well, have, you, have a game of cards." It's a ruse, isn't it? You think it's it is? A, I think it's a. Let's ask, we'll, we'll ask, ask Ben Foster. Yeah. We've got Ben Foster. On later on questions to a pro we never thought we'd ask but we are extensively going to talk about what it's like to be on the end uh, of City when they're at it because I think it's fair to say that Watford have suffered more than most over it's the years a nice bloke City... right? texted in this morning going you know you've been hammered a million times by Man City do you want to come on and tell us about it yeah and then he's, he's fair a, play to him and he, he's a very nice he said man yes, but well, he's I mean... yet to answer his phone I, I guess yeah. <laughs> yeah we may have just put him off he probably thought he was coming on to do something much more <laughs> they did win last night we will talk about it without Ben because he's busted his finger but anyway we will be chatting about that a little bit later on uh, Jason Cundy's going to join us it could be an interesting sports bar tonight five Premier League games of course and his club Chelsea in action so uh, you can get your calls into the guys tonight we'll see what Thomas uh, Tuchel does and he's, he's only had like, one training session so uh, we'll get Jason's thoughts on what, what he thinks he needs to address straight away and any little tweaks that we may even see this evening Tim Vickery is going to be joining us uh, Mickey Gray is one of our co-commentators tonight For all, f- we'll bring you all ten games we brought you four last night we'll bring you Tottenham Liverpool tomorrow we've got the five matches tonight yeah, a lot of across. ears don't you have to listen to oh, any, yeah. any true talk sport listener will listen to all the games at no, the same t- time not, you've got three <laughs> matches being played simultaneously tonight that would take some doing but anyway we will uh, we'll be doing all of that for you uh, a little bit later on but if you were with us yesterday you'll be aware that uh, Max had a DIY issue which involved uh, a screw that the thread had completely gone he couldn't get his screwdriver well he couldn't get his screwdriver because he hasn't got a screwdriver oh, have a tiny but he had a drill bit that yeah. had a screwdriver attachment to it mm. um, and so he, he did all of that and basically even went live on Instagram didn't you to try and get to I, I worked on the basis that you know it's it's obviously Max your your middle class upbringing whereas my address book of course may be full of old sort of sparks and uh, you know plumbers and stuff Listen, like that You're, I've, I mean, I've said this before I'm you haven't man, got enough I'm of those man, people I'm in your phone I'm a man book. of the people right <laughs> I got out of Central Cambridge CB1 just to how tough it was for we didn't even have a full size harp in the music room straight Paul. out of Cherry yeah, Hinton exactly yeah. I'm not Cherry Hinton oh, no. No, no, that's a oh. bit down market Paul. <laughs> sorry <laughs> for everybody listening in Cherry Hinton <laughs> I, was the, I was the posh side of Mill Road Bridge don't oh, be okay. ridiculous <laughs> how very dare you but it's, 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 see I can call on this this army of tradespeople yeah. at times yeah. but surely the boys you play football with they're not all doctors of theology are they I well mean, we one cup final one cup final our centre back was late because he was in court that morning because oh, yeah. he was well, he's a barrister, isn't he? So he's representing. Oh. <laughs> he's representing someone. I think there's a lot of 
If they're back four mainly accountants, then we have more creatives in midfield. Yeah. I think sort of people in TV and stuff. So, you know, but we did it. R2, R2 my, yeah. you know, he, he's the Polish, you know, he does my work for me sometimes around the house. Oh, so you have, you have a little goalkeeper. man, that, you normally have a little man that comes well, in. No, he's quite a terrifying six foot four goalkeeper. <laughs> played, played Polish first division. I wouldn't cross him. Well, you, you haven't put a call into him then to talk you through this. Uh, this. Anyway, you tried the rubber band the Rubber band didn't night. work. And then I saw it, someone sent me a YouTube video. You can put electrical tape on the screw. Yeah. I tried that. I tried uh, I tried a plaster because I had a plaster. plaster yeah. That didn't do, just so you, if you have, if anyone does have a screw problem at the moment, a yeah. plaster doesn't fix it. So you, I was, well, I was also quite shocked when I said to you, well, try a different screwdriver. You said, I haven't got a screwdriver. I said, well, <laughs> you can always, you know, hammer it off the back. And Luke, he said, I haven't got a hammer. No, no Trini Lopez for you. I've bought a toolkit today. You have. Right. Just shy of 40 quid, he's bought I, I, a pretty I, decent toolkit. I, I feel like a... I just feel like an feel, alpha male well, you, now. Because, you know, maybe I'm not alpha. And I, may, I think this might be... You'll I'm often not, have a minty tea just after one o'clock. Like me, I'm here with my minty tea. Yeah, but but got, you've had a strong builders I've today. I've got builders with 17 so sugars today. You're, so. Suddenly you're on the tools, Max. Absolutely you're really, right. You've really gone for it. It's great. Yeah. We're going to see an earthier. So we're going to have you... You're going to have the old Dagenham smile out the back of your kex. <laughs> we're going to see, see the top of your bum every time you bend over. I very much hope that, you know, by four o'clock, I've at least got like a 74% rating on Checker Trade. That yeah. would be... <laughs> That would if be I fantastic. That, I'd, I'd like that. Yeah, you'll, we'll be trusting you as a trader by I four o'clock so. this afternoon. So. You'll have a little pencil behind your ear. You'll be going... But the listeners know, that's, yesterday... That's probably about 500 yeah. quid, that is, mate. <laughs> the listeners were much more helpful yesterday yeah. than the, the people watching my Instagram live who weren't taking it no, seriously just, enough, really. Well, that's, they, thought, they, they normally join you when you want a bit of a background to Kant's critique of uh, <laughs> pure reason. That's what, that's, that's what they were hoping for. A, a, a Kant, discussion all that? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast podcast from talk sport and the winners of the 2019 fa cup are manchester city it's finished at wembley manchester city six what for now de bruyne now pressing forward he picks up the ball right footed shot and that is number eight and that is pure Kevin De Bruyne. Manchester City 8, Watford 0. Simple as you like this one. It's a free kick on the right-hand side taken by Kevin De Bruyne and headed home by pretty unmarked Emmerich Laporte. Watford 0, City 4. There's not much you can do when City are at it, as they showed last night against uh, West Brom. It's it's really, really difficult. And Watford have been on the wrong end uh, of some pretty hefty defeats, of course, over the years from Man City in recent years. That was put together by Jamie, our assistant producer, who's a Watford fan, so it was painful for him, but maybe not quite as painful as for our next guest listening back to that. The uh, Watford keeper, Ben Foster. Hiya, Ben. After, it was definitely as painful for me. I wasn't going to have to let the dog <laughs> Sorry about that. We just yeah, did sorry. a catalogue of those together. You weren't in goal. I think you weren't in goal for all of them. The cup final, wasn't it? it was, uh, Gomez was it. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, you face that. I mean, when they're in full flow, um, I imagine it, it, it's just really difficult to deal with. Yeah, it's scary. Um, the, one of the one of the clips he was showing there was the one where it was 8-0 away at the Etihad and I think after I think it was 18 minutes into the game, they just scored their fifth goal. Um, and I remember, I, I was honestly, I was trying to talk to the defenders. The midf- I was trying to talk to them to say, "Come on, keep going, keep your head up." And they would. It was like a glaze. I was met with a glazed look, and none of them, none of them, just knew what to do. They couldn't control their bodily functions. It was crazy, <laughs> honestly. It was absolutely crazy. What's the? Uh, yeah, there were two questions I had. One is, you know, do you say, "Come on, lads, still nil nil," and you know you're lying to yourself inside, Ben? <laughs> 
Um, no, I'm as a goalie, I'm I'm fearing the the worst, the worst of the worst. Um, like I said, when it's when it's 18 minutes gone and it's five nil, all I can think is, oh god, this is going to be 14 or 15 nil. And that day in particular, honestly, it could have been 14 or 15 nil. They were just, they were. They were they were so so good and they were just carving us open at every single opportunity and every time they had a shot on goal it seemed to go in the back there a little bit like West Ham uh, sorry the West Brom game last night as well actually where I think they only had six or seven shots on target but every single time they kind of they created a real opening it, you, you just knew it was a goal and this, sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it either when the opposition starts racking up the goals like that do you start seeing tomorrow's headlines you start seeing the back of the papers and social medias does that play on your mind. Hundred percent. Nowadays, that kind of stuff for footballers is like when it goes really bad, especially when it goes really bad. You know that there's something going to be written about you. You know you're going to be kind of ridiculed. You know there's going to be memes and Instagram videos and all that kind of stuff. That's the, the way the world works nowadays. And people they love kind of reveling in your hurt and your and your uh, your discomfort. So um, it does sort of play on your mind, but. Like I, said, I think that the the one day I'm talking about in particular, thankfully Man City kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. It was five, we managed to get in at uh, half time five nil, which I was actually quite thankful for after being after being five down after eighteen. And what's the dressing room like at half time? Are you just sitting next to each other going, yeah, "They're pretty good." Yeah, basically. Yeah, I, I, I was I was a guy that had to get kind of wheeled out at full time as well to do the sort of the post mortem of it all and. I was, I, you know, I was, I was honest. I was brutally honest. You know, they were absolutely brilliant. We were trying. It's not like we weren't trying to let goals in or anything, but it's not like we just gave up. The lads were still working hard, but they were just so much better than us that day. And like you said, like last night, when they're in full flow, they are. This, uh, the Man City are probably the one team, for me, the one team. Liverpool, absolutely brilliant. They're ruthless at times. And uh, Man United at the minute, really, really good. But Man City, when they get in full flow, I think there's, there's no one better. I suppose the added thing from your point of view is that the City fans like to remind you that you play for Manchester United in, a, in an environment like that, I guess. Yeah, that's always helpful as well, just to sort of add sort of salt to the wounds, if you like. But um, no, like say, when, when you're five down already, there's, there's not much more sort of hurt you can feel, to be honest with you. You're already as, as low as a snake's belly anyway. And, and, you know, you're all elite sports people, right? You've got to, you've got to, you know, I've played occasionally with players who are that good that they sort of grieve when they lose. Like, in the dressing room afterwards, like, you don't, you obviously are so coded, right? To get to the level that you guys have got to, you you're sort of born winners. So it must be really strange to be sitting in a dressing room after that going, wow, they're on a different, they're on a different level to us. Yeah, but for me personally, you know, everyone's different. Everyone's played for different clubs at different levels and all that kind of stuff. I've always been that guy that's played for like the middling team, if you like. You know, I spent seven or eight years at West Brom. I spent a year at Birmingham. Um, I've been on loan to Watford in the Premiership where we kind of got relegated. So I'm very much used to being one of those guys where, you know, one week you might win it and then next week you might lose it. So it is what it is for me. And I think the beauty of me particularly, I'm a, I'm a lot older than most of the other lads. So I've, I've been there and seen it. And like I said, I tried to say to the lads, it is what it is, lads. You know, there's, sometimes you come up against these immovable forces and they absolutely batter and smash you out the way. And Man City are very good at doing so, that. So training, on a mon- so training on a Monday, you've, you've forgotten it? I have, I have, for sure. I know for a fact a lot of the other lads haven't, though. They, 
they've kind of spent the whole weekend re- reliving it. And like I say, social media, it's got a massive, massive role to play in all this. Because I know, like, like say, kids live nowadays, they just live on their phone, don't yeah. they? So all they'll be doing is reliving it, watching it, watching the goals, watching the comments, listening to this and that, and taking it all in. And I'm trying to say, lads, don't do that. It's the worst thing you could do. Um, even Match of the Day, I wouldn't even watch Match of the Day because mm. I, I know I know if I've done well or not. And that's all that matters to me. And what was the manager's reaction that day at the end of the game? Um, I'm just trying to think which manager it was. <laughs> I was hoping you'd remember because I couldn't. It was probably Kike Sanchez Flores, right? That's every other one, right? Yeah, it was. It was Kike. I think that was about five or six managers ago. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was Kike. Yeah, um, but he, he was a cool guy. You know, he was really cool, and he was. He was another one who was very pragmatic and. Um, he, he kind of uh, he understands that sometimes you just like say you come up against somebody who's a level above you, and that day they were two or three levels above us. And um, there's no point in shouting or ranting and raving, you know. The, you, you wasn't getting through to anybody anyway. Like I said earlier, when when that fifth goal went in, I was trying to talk to the players, and the, the, you just met with a glazed look. It's like they were shell shocked from it all. Um, mm. So there would have been no point in trying to in trying to kind of cajole uh, like get into everybody. You just got to cut, try try and pick everybody up and know there's another game in a few days time hopefully on a slightly different topic Ben when a new manager comes in obviously everybody wants to impress the Chelsea boys had their first training session with Thomas Tuchel yesterday and at Watford as you you alluded to you've had quite a few managers uh, in recent years so what is it like when the new guy comes in you're trying to get in his face you're trying to be teacher's pet you're being called for school what's what's the approach for those of you that have maybe never met the guy before well, I think first of all, as soon as you you hear somebody's coming in and you you're kind of nailed on on knowing who it's going to be, you then start finding out who he who he is as a bloke. Do you know what I mean? What he's like as a bloke, what he what his style of play might be, all that kind of stuff. So you'll try and try and get in touch with somebody. So obviously, somewhere along the line, you'll know somebody who's played under this manager or knows somebody else that might have played. So you'll find out what he's like. Is he a good guy? Is he easy going? Is he hardworking? Is he sort of very much in your face? Is he ha- all that kind of stuff? You'll you'll learn that and know that before the guy's even walked into the door. So you know, you have a kind of a bearing or a gauge of how to approach him. Um, but then once he comes in, every, you know, I wouldn't say everybody's sort of trying to show off and look at me and blah blah blah. But I'd guarantee the first few days of training at least are a lot more higher tempo. You know, the players that haven't been in the team. Uh, recently, they'll be working a lot harder. They'll mm. be in the gym more, all that kind of stuff, just to try and catch the eyes of the manager to be like, "Oh, yeah, come on, then, like, hopefully, give me a go," sort of thing. So the what the Watford players must be so intense at training because there's a new one every couple of weeks, <laughs> right? Must be, must be shattered. Them on oh, their and 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 will they? So we're thinking about. I think so many people will read into like whichever team Tuchel picks tonight, you know, that suddenly they're the players that he loves and then the players that aren't picked tonight will be cast away forever. Like, Phoning like, the agent saying, get me out, exactly. he doesn't fancy me. You know, on, on the first game that a, a manager has, do, do you read a lot? Do the players sort of think, oh, I can't believe I've not been picked or that's great, I have been picked or are they slightly smarter about it than we would be? Uh, no, I'm the same as you. I think it, you can read a lot into it. You do. I think you have to read a lot into it because if you've got a new guy coming in and all of a sudden he changes, he might keep the same formation, but if he picks a whole new set of players, if you've been playing and used to playing and then all of a sudden he, he comes in and changes, you're thinking, oh, maybe I'm just not his type of player. And that that genuinely is a worry, but that's that's football for you. You know, every every kind of manager player is different and they'll want their own style of play and style of players. And, um, yeah, that's that's why 
some players it just works for you at some clubs it just works you find a team that works for you and then others other times it doesn't work for you at a certain club but that might just because the manager likes to play a, a certain type of player or a certain sort of system that doesn't work for that yeah. player uh, finally then you're injured at the moment you've broken a finger haven't you so how's the well actually I saw your cycling goalkeeper video doing a bit of rehab at the club is it it's a bit frustrating at the moment yeah, again, though, like, for, you know, for me, I'm 37 years old. It is what it is. Part injuries, you know, especially for me, I've had so many in the past. You've been my knees and stuff like that. I've had such a good run recently. The last four or five years, I think I've only missed one league game prior to this this finger injury. So um, I've had a good run, to be honest with you. So, yeah, like I say, it is what it is, though. It's a chance to sort of uh, improve all your other bits and bobs, your fitness, your strength work, all that. So um, hopefully it won't be too long. You know, say broken fingers, they're fiddly little things, but you, you've just got to sort of rest them and, and wait till they're fully better. So maybe two, three, four weeks, I don't know, but um gives you a chance to work on other things at least. Uh, we wish you well. Uh, thanks for joining us, Ben. We appreciate Cheers, it. Pleasure. Cheers, guys. Take care. Ben Foster there, the Watford uh, keeper, with his thoughts on facing City when they are at it. It sounds, does sound pretty fearsome. Well, it's such, really. such a great attitude. I'm not saying yeah. it just because he can probably still hear us, but it's a great attitude to the whole thing, I yeah. think. You know, just really knowing, sort of, knowing his place and, you know, and just having yeah. some perspective about it, I think. Yeah, and he, he did leave out the fact he played at Manchester United. He, he did, did for yeah. us in that League Cup final in 2009 in the uh, Pens. Yeah, cheers, Ben. Uh, so uh, no, but, uh, thanks. Be all right, you'll get over it. Paul. Okay, yeah, just I will eventually. You'll win loads more trophies after oh, yeah, that. We've got the you league know, cup. every few years. Get used to that. Oh, well, it was only a league cup. All we got to do is get past City. Yeah, Let's hope they're not at Easy. it that day. Um, we get Ben in the dressing room at half time to talk to the Tottenham players. Don't worry, lads. Try and talk them down. Five Look, nil, just, don't worry. just win the second half. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Mick McCarthy takes his Cardiff team to Barnsley, his hometown, uh, this evening. It'll be an emotional game, I'm uh, I'm sure. Uh, joining us now, it is Mick. Good afternoon, Mick. 
Good afternoon, or, or should I say, Prin Handa. Oh, you wow. You've, you've been working. I can see you've been working on the Welsh, Mick. Well, but have you, do you don't know anyone that wants a, a Greek dictionary yeah, going begging, do you? Well, <laughs> by any chance, I've, I've got one spare from a couple of months back. Yeah, it, did, it was a, sh- a short lived spell in Greece, wasn't it, Mick, for you? Lovely suntan, though. Yeah, that's fantastic. You're probably better when you're getting Cardiff. I just, are you a Doctor Who fan? I mean, it's Doctor Who Country Cardiff. I wonder if it's one of the reasons why you've taken the job. Well, I tried to get a couple of Cybermen in on uh, on a short-term contract. Um, their agents playing silly devils, or maybe sea devils, you might say. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, well, the Daleks were just not mobile enough. No. Uh, <laughs> they could play at centre-back, I guess, Mick. They <laughs> well, Mick, you know, we, training against the, the Daleks might be interesting. We might win a couple of games that way. You never know your luck. <laughs> so going back to Barnsley, Mick, I'm sure it would be a very emotional to head back to Yorkshire with your new team. Yeah, sackcloth and ashes, or uh, saklian iludu, as uh, as I now say. <laughs> uh, so it'll be yeah, very, very emotional, but I'm afraid I don't know the Welsh word for emotional yet, so you'll have to bear with me <laughs> on that one. Working. Still of on c- one syllable. Of course yeah. not, talk sport listeners. It could only be uh, Britain's foremost Mick McCarthy impersonator, although probably not in front of Mick. It's it's Ian Dante. Hiya, Dent. Afternoon, boys. Have Hello. You, have you done that one for Mick? No. Absolutely not. No, he would terrify me, I'm sure. I, I, I did sit near him um, at a Swansea game about five or six months ago. And, you know, I introduced myself and we had a chat. But at no point did I say, oh, by the way, no, no, that, that, that wasn't going to happen. Were you waiting for that moment when he went, Ian Dunter, I know that. No, no, no that, 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 <laughs> that show business, Paul, they never say, oh, Ian Dunter, I've heard of you. No, no, that never happens. <laughs> Um, uh, Dance the championship. I think a few, a couple of months ago, it was it was incredibly tight. It sort of seems like it's developing some sort of a form about it now, with a top two, three, and then a, a sort of playoff set, and then a mid table. It's sort of it's getting the look of a, a normal league table now. I think that's because of the way Norwich have done so well to keep a, a run of form going despite. Missing players through injury, you know, Todd Cantwell was out for a while uh, and he's a very pivotal player to, to what Daniel Farker's trying to do. And I guess when you look at Norwich, they didn't really have that much of an upheaval squad-wise mm. from the squad that got relegated. And I, 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 you know, in fairness, I did question at the start of the season how well those three relegated teams would adjust. But they're all there in the top six. Norwich, Watford and Bournemouth are all there or thereabouts. So fair play to them for all being... Uh, up there and, and, and challenging, we we kind of wonder that Brentford would continue the you know the, the continuity from last season into this under Thomas Frank. I think the pleasant surprise is Swansea being where they are in in third at the moment under Steve Cooper, who's done such great work integrating some of the, the kids he knows from the his, his England coaching days. Um, he had Brewster on loan last year. I know he, he's really struggling at Sheffield United, but the the, car, the, the Swansea loan seemed to do him the world of good. Um, so they've managed to get themselves competitive up there when they're, they're a little bit light on numbers, Swansea. I wonder how much business Steve Cooper might be able to do yeah. before the window. Uh, Barra play at Rotherham tonight, and uh, Neil Warnock is decided, there's two choices. You can try and butter the refs up, or you can go scorched earth. So guess what uh, Neil's done? Uh, he said the current refs are the worst he has ever seen in the championship. Said right. a bunch I'm not of, having that. I'm bunch, sorry. A bunch it's, of traffic wardens, he says. It's, it's apps, honestly... I'm, <laughs> I get really, I don't understand it because, and Perry Gross will tell you the same, because Perry and I work most Saturdays, uh, 
you know, three o'clock on TalkSport 2 doing a championship game and also do games in midweek with, you know, really good pundits as well, like Perry on Sam Parkin or David Connolly. And if a referee had had a stinker, A, I would probably talk about it in commentary, and B, after the game, when we'd switched off the, the microphones and, and were packing away, one of us would turn to the other and go, God, he had a stinker tonight, didn't he? I cannot remember a referee putting in a performance that led me to say, on air, he's up, he hasn't got a clue what he's doing. Yeah, yeah referees come in for a lot of clock, but I, I could not disagree more with Neil Warnock's assessment of the quality of referees. Yes, they make mistakes, but I, 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 I struggle to see where he's coming from with that. I yeah. really do. Traffic warden's a bad analogy as well, because then after each booking, they'd have to stand back and take, like, four photos. <laughs> wouldn't of they? the decision. Of yeah, the decision each player they booked. Could, I mentioned Jack Wilshire. I know it was the FA Cup last night. That's where you're, you know, we're allowed to talk about that. And yeah. it was a lovely mm-hmm. finish from Jack, wasn't it? And I think everybody just wills him to have a, a good time and be successful there. Well, he did enjoy his time at Bournemouth first time. You know, and I, I think that played a huge part in him being willing to, to, to go back down to championship level and start again in effect of course it's a slightly different Bournemouth now because you've got Jason Tindall there uh, in in sole charge rather than Eddie Howe who brought Jack down there the first time but that can be only be a good thing for 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 Bournemouth not just for the FA Cup but again I mentioned they're in the top six although they're the lowest of the three relegated teams but Bournemouth are always good to watch and and I give Jason Tindall huge credit if if he can you know get Jack Wilshire you know back at the sort of levels that we we can expect from him. The way he's trained Dominic Solanke on, for me, I think he's taught Dominic Solanke to stop playing outside the width of the 18-yard box as a striker, and he's been more effective as a consequence since then, to the extent that if Josh King does leave Bournemouth in this uh, January transfer window, then it's not the huge body blow that you might ordinarily have expected because Solanke's been much, much better this year. Um, and Jason Tindall, I think, is a big part of that. And Graham Jones, who's just left for Newcastle. So if, you know, if, if Wilshire picks up his levels, then the Cherries will be ones to watch. Uh, Dan, we know you want to have a bit of a Birmingham rant, your club, but we've run out of time, so we'll, we'll let you stew on that <laughs> and we'll get you back another time well, and do that. Birmingham have run out of time, I tell you. Yeah, and thank Mick for us, won't you, as well? No problem at all, I'm still here, boys. There we- <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> thank you, Dan. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Uh, maybe you should get your DIY stuff. You are still having trouble with this, uh, the, the screw mm. head has gone on, mm. on you and you're trying to take a cupboard door off and you can't get it off. Yeah. I've told you to take a hammer to it but you haven't got a hammer no. um, I have got a toolkit on its way you've got a toolkit on its way I mean somebody did text in saying Sean given the number of sort of toolkits that sponsor us like, someone should have someone could have stepped up to the mark from yeah. the, you know from the you know don't cheapen yourself no I'm not here for a freebie I'm happy to pay my way well I mean somebody was saying there is a special tool that deals with this that you can buy but it seemed a bit excessive when you can take a hammer to it but thank you Dan for letting you know about the tool have you ordered one I've of ordered those tools I've ordered a sort okay. of screw it's become ex- very costly bit of DIY and you do know when your missus gets back from Australia she's mm-hmm. going to say why did you take that cupboard door off it looked perfectly fine that's the sort I think people do when they're bored. Well, there was a... Th- I did notice... The trouble was the, uh, as I've said before, the washing machine was encroaching at, at you know, at the free kick. Encroaching? <laughs> because, you know, oh, you know wash yeah. by wash, it just encro- just just gets... It takes a little bit 
each wash it goes a little bit further forward. Unlike the Milan wall last yeah, night that exactly. decroached. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Basically, they put a white and then they step back exactly. a yard. I mean, give Christian Eriksen a free hit. Basically, basically the Milan defence were basically doing the reverse washing machine, <laughs> as, it's, as it's known in, uh, in, in footballing football circles, parlance. Yeah. yeah, but I did notice that when I pushed the washing machine back to get out the door and I closed the cupboard, it did look quite good. But I'm I'm pot committed now. I'm all in. You <laughs> oh, know, I'm no. all I'm all in. Last night, why don't night, you just put the the two screws that did come out back in and forget the whole thing? But you're about you're, you're 46 quid down. Oh, yeah, well, well like, you have got a toolkit. Got now. many other uses for the toolkit. I can see myself just under the U bend all evening. It's a very exciting day. Yeah, for you're me. gonna have to get next. You'll get your own set of rods. Wow. That'd be fantastic. You'll bring them you to work every say, day just you, in case. The thing is, Paul, you, you've mentioned this rods thing, and I do yeah. like it. Strictly know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's uh, if you, you need to unblock. It's the sort of thing that people say. Oh, when the they, things you, know, you push them down yeah. the sink. So oh, hang on, you, to, yeah. somebody might. Oh no, push them through your drains. Ideally, you I might. told you the time that. Yeah. That I hang was, on, I'll just go and get me rods. So you don't want to hear somebody say that, really. I've I, I told you the time. It's a slightly sensitive uh, story that I was I was on my toilet. Okay. And and <laughs> okay. I, you know, I know it's it's after lunch. Yeah. And. And I was sat, I was sitting there, as you minding imagine, your own business, minding yeah. my own business. Yeah. And and then the, and the toilet's one of those ones that's sort of attached to the wall with the system. Well, most the of them are. Really, you know, yeah. no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, the. It's difficult plumbing wise, really, if they sort of float in the middle of the room. You, are, you are in trouble with this DIY stuff, aren't you? Because <laughs> oh, we have ours in the middle of the living room. No, no wonder health and safety have been round a few times, yeah. So, no, no, but you know the ones, ones have got the system right there, you can see them. And oh, then yeah. ones they've got the system sort of in the, hidden, right? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. hidden behind the wall to mm, give it a, a sleek look. Anyway, I, yeah. when I got the bathroom down, I was like, just, you know, do what you like. I just want a toilet. I don't yeah. really mind. Anyway, this is the one that I went for, but I wasn't really thinking. So I sat on the toilet and then, and then it just fell off the wall with me on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd love to have seen that. You would have gone viral. So the toilet fell off the wall. Did it? Right? Did it? Did it crack under? It wasn't one of those that cracked under your weight, was it? It, or it, it just didn't, didn't fall apart. It didn't fall apart. No. So then I was left holding the toilet with its contents, not really knowing what to do with right, with okay. the toilet. And there was a hole in the wall. And so I first of all bring I, on the wall. I, I put pick up picked up the toilet, and they're heavier than you'd think. Yeah. Toilets, just in case you know, bend with your knees if you are at home picking up your toilet. It's happened <laughs> to you. And I thought, well, I don't know what to do here. So I, I, I poured. The, the Max Rushton's toilet workout. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it does work. It's, it like works all, all muscle groups. It does. I poured the contents into a bucket. And Keep I'm, your back straight, though, obviously. <laughs> Do remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I poured it down the other toilet. But I didn't, got more than one. I've got two got, toilets. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm really As living, well, I'm living with no, oh, yeah. Mark Schwartz and nine. Yeah. So, you know, there's... there's Was there's, this toilet not attached? The, normally they're screwed into the wall. They're well, all attached to the floor no, with a couple no, of bolts. No, no, it wasn't attached to the floor. It was sort of okay. going into the Was it on wheels? Any man who's got a toilet on casters. In case you fancy putting it in one of the bedrooms overnight. This is, so why, Andy's, a pot. This is, this is why Andy's stories take so long. Just, can't, so what happened was, I put them in, then I didn't know if you flushed that toilet, would it, are they connected like, you know, bulbs in series or bulbs in parallel, right? Mm. I thought, I take the risk, I flushed that toilet. And I thought, what do I do with the toilet? You, you don't want blowback, so do you? So, no, you <laughs> there's just a hole like in the... a dirty <laughs> protest. And I'm sorry about <laughs> this, you're probably having a late lunch, you don't need this. There was a hole in the wall, so I thought, what do I do with this? So I thought, well, I'll, I'll take... Goffy would be good with a hole in the wall and bring him back to wearing that silver latex outfit that he did every week with Dale Winton. Actually, given the size of the hole, he could have, he could have fitted through there. So I, I carried the toilet upstairs and put it on the terrace, mm. right? But then the difficulty was that overnight... Yeah, <laughs> overnight, make a feature of it. Well, I know, <laughs> overnight... Um, and you know when you, your next door neighbour sort of leave a fridge in the back garden, you think you're really making the place. You know this yeah. is not good for house prices. Well, yeah, yeah. well, overnight the toilet fell off the pot plant that I'd rested it on, mm. and 
it turned out that I hadn't poured all the contents oh, down. No. I'm really sorry about this. Yeah. And I wondered if the neighbours would look over the terrace to see it that on bang the goes, uh, yeah. bang goes the neighborhood so there they might we are. some sort of art installation yeah. or something <laughs> so anyway okay well, it was well, a disappointing time for me i don't know if you wanted that story or not but good it luck, seemed it seemed good to... luck with the um <laughs> good luck with the tool kit i think it's going to i can't i think it's going to stay in the box basically darren darren brown i don't know if you oh, saw yeah. this uh, has 200 stuffed animals at his house including really? three giraffes wow uh, he's been trying to cut down on his obsession with taxidermy i don't not sure i trust anyone with a taxidermied animal at home um he yeah. He got a text recently asking if he was interested in buying a kiwi, which was in the back of a nearby van. He said, I have 200 pieces of taxidermy. And then he said, yeah, I, 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 I got a guy called Dave who supplies me with that taxidermy animals. Texted me, said, I've got a kiwi in the back. Are you interested? <laughs> a bloke called Dave <laughs> supplies him. I mean, kiwis. I want to know, if you're buying animals that have been stuffed, you'd want to, you know, you'd want to know they're coming from a reputable source, <laughs> wouldn't you? I mean, you know, some sort of, some, some fellas, you know, I've got a, it's not a good idea, is it? Some bloke called Dave. I've got a giving, wildebeest in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bloke called Dave's giving you stuffed animals out the back of a car. Anyway, on, great. on his giraffe, he's got a penguin and a giraffe that passed away in a zoo. He's got three giraffes. Oh, is yeah, that, we can all say that, can't we? <laughs> is that wrong, he says. He's got a young giraffe who passed away naturally. It's important to point out he didn't yeah. kill anything. I also have a head and a neck, plus the skeleton of a head and a neck. So that counts as three giraffes, but no full-size giraffes. So I don't know, Dave, maybe Dave's van isn't tall enough for <laughs> yeah. a full-size Dave, giraffe. Yeah, Dave's got to get one of those open ones with a cage. <laughs> yes, <okay>. next, time <laughs> he, next time he comes around, maybe he can do your toilet for you at the same time so anyway there's a lot of information you didn't want don't forget there's five football matches uh, on tonight we, we have no we are yet to talk about the tweak to the offside rule we haven't but we and have we're yet to talk about uh, a rare a, a rare blip from Sean Massielis last night you're Where right we the, haven't done that the old Albion player sort of stopped in their tracks but as we all know you play to the whistle Max don't you that's it that's it that you play the you know you yeah. can get exercised by VAR but yeah just just because half the West Brom players didn't half just sort of stopped yeah. and went oh, I better it's no excuse if Sam wasn't happy you could oh. see that but uh, and I think that was uh, that was quite fundamental to the whole result of that game <laughs> it changed it yeah, I think it did <laughs> it I think it was, it was on a knife edge <laughs> at that point it hinged and I'm, <laughs> I'm nervous of hinges at the moment but <laughs> it did hinge on that game it did, at that moment did. yeah anyway I'm sure we'll get around to all of that and we'll have a good closer look at uh, the games uh, this evening and as we said we'll take any questions you have for Tim Vickery, a man over in uh, Rio. Uh, plus, uh, oh, we've got Jason Cunley coming up next. We're going to talk Thomas Tuchel. Uh, what uh, could he do in the short term? He's had less than 24 hours with the team, but what can we expect to see tonight? Jason Cundy, uh, sports bar co-host, of course, and former Chelsea centre-half. What's wrong with you Sorry. now, Max? What have you done? It's just the, the, the barrage of text. It's talk sport, not talk toilet, says Chris has not touched the warm. <laughs> it's a bucket. And she says, was yeah. Max in a B&Q showroom? Yeah, that's <laughs> true they did kick him out of they did kick him out of being after he'd used it so okay let's move on the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport now it's uh, holocaust uh, memorial day and rick broadbent in today's times uh, told the remarkable harrowing story of uh, sir ben helfscott who is a uh, an olympian a british olympian went to two olympic games and is the sole surviving Olympian to have survived the uh, Nazi concentration camps. It's a remarkable tale. And um, Sir Ben's son, Michael, joins us now. Michael, good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Paul and Max. How are you doing? Hi, yeah, good, we're, thank we're you. good. Thank you, Michael. I, I, good. Good. This, I mean, you, 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 um, you spoke to, for, to Rick for this piece. And yeah. is it something your dad has, 
has always sort of talked to you about uh, his children or is it something that, that he found very difficult and only sort of came to later in life? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question uh, because um, my father's now 91 and, and less able to, to speak so easily about these things. But, but he actually always did speak to us as we were kids growing up and he spoke to groups and it was something that he never shied away from. He, he felt it was critical to him uh, that the story was retold, his story and that of others, and, and those who perished. And, and that was absolutely uh, so important. Today on Holocaust Memorial Day, it's a, it's a national remembrance of, of what happened. And, and so it's particularly poignant. But it's something that he, it's amazing to me now as I look back and I see the strength of character that he had. Uh, but he, he spoke about it and he spoke about his experiences and so much or that was harrowing so much that was awful. But he also tried to find a way of, of bringing out some of the good things that people did do in those dark times and the way he rebuilt his life. So so he, he sort of had a very broad perspective on it, but he never pushed it away. He talked about it. It is hard. It's hard to talk about it. It's hard to listen to, but it is so, it is so important. I wonder if you could, you know, tell us a bit of his experiences. Yeah, so, so and, and Rick, actually, the article's a terrific article, yeah. and um, uh, very. Um, I was moved by it, and it brought a tear to my eye, particularly uh, in the last paragraphs where he talked about my, my father's attitude to sports. But before the war, my father actually had a very happy time growing up in Poland, a small town uh, near Lodz where he, was, uh, he grew up, uh, called Piotrkov. Uh, but when the war came... Uh, they created a ghetto there, and unfortunately, um, in 1942, his mother and, and sister were, were actually uh, taken out. They were, they were rounded up with 560 others, and they were taken out to, to the forest, and, and they were all killed. And um, uh, that, that was 1942. At the same time, within, from the ghetto, 22,000 people, within a matter of weeks, were taken and, and transported to Treblinka, where they, they were all ex- or they were all killed. So, so that. But my father actually was uh, able to get a, a job, effectively a slave labourer in a glass factory. And because of that, from 1941, he was working there. He essentially was able to stay alive in the ghetto. And it was only at, in 1944 that he went uh, from Piotrkov to Buchenwald concentration camp uh, with his father, actually. Um, and there he was separated from his father. And he went to a, a, another camp, Schlieben, and ended up in, in, on 9th of May 1945 being liberated uh, for, from Theresienstadt concentration camp. Uh, his father, um, he, he learned just in the last days of the war that his, his father uh, was seen on a death march and, and he was shot, so his father didn't survive. And out of his, his class, just to put it into some perspective, out of all his classmates pre-war, only two survived. Uh-huh. And in and, and 1945, and from his family, fortunately, uh, he did have another sister, Marla Trivich, uh, who's an amazing lady. And she, she's 90 years old now and, and still going strong. And, and she did survive, uh, was liberated by the British Army from, from Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. But, but so much suffering uh, and, and uh, a whole family largely destroyed. Something that didn't strike me, Michael, to read him uh, Rick's piece today was this idea of <clears throat> the point of liberation. You think it would be joyous, but.
but it, it, what Rick says is right. You're liberated to what? You're, you've got no support group from your family. All the things you'd expect if you if you are liberated, you think you'd go back to the bosom of your family. Those that have survived are probably scattered all around Europe. You don't know if they're alive or dead. There's no means of finding out where they are. So, you know, I mean, he, he was fortunate to an extent. If, if people watch The Windermere Children tonight, which is on, I think, BBC Four again, it's the story of the Jewish refugees who went to the lakes and from that he was able to rebuild his life, wasn't he? So, so it's a really great point that, that it, it, you, it's relief that you've survived, but, but what world do you come into? And actually, from my father's point of view, I mean, he was tremendously resourceful, hugely independent. He was 15 years old. Uh, in 1945. But he was also very fortunate because the British government, in connection with what was then called the Central British Fund, is now World Jewish Relief, provided for a thousand uh, children, teenagers really, to come over to this country. And, and, and they, they, they settled in Windermere for a few months and then they settled in London and, and around the country. And, and they were looked after and helped and, and guided and, and given that support. And it's so important as a story because my father is massively appreciative of coming over to, to this country and rebuilding his life. He loved, he loved Britain. He still loves Britain. And, and he just uh, was able to, in 10 years to, later, uh, having been to you, having had an education, tried to catch up on his education that he had missed through the war. He, he was then competing uh, at the Olympic Games in Melbourne in 1956. So, but but that story is one that this country can be proud of. I said a thousand, but they actually didn't find a thousand. And in the end, there were there were only 732, mainly boys, uh, some girls, 80 girls, who came to this country. And largely, they rebuilt their life, their lives tremendously well, and and were great successes. And it's something I'm very proud of, and I think this country can be proud of. The Windermere connection is a lovely connection. It's a it's a it's a Super film, actually. It really uh, brings across what they they experienced just in the post-war period, and that what was largely a very happy time for my father in the Lake District after the war. And how did he find weightlifting? Uh, he he was he was always very strong. I can tell you, I never saw him in his career. But, you, you know, you all know superstars from the 70s mm. and so on. And we used to, as kids, we used to watch it. And then afterwards, you kind of imitate it a little bit, don't you? And, <laughs> and there was always that squat thrusts and the dips and all the rest of it, which we loved. And so we used to have challenges. And, and my father was, uh, I guess, in his 50s already and, and so on. But he, we used to do press-ups within a minute and we timed each other. And he was so effortless and he was just could do 60, 70, 80 press-ups a minute, no problem. It was just not out of it. He, he just had a terrific engine on him and was very strong. So he clearly loved sports. And apparently the story goes that um, he was in Hampstead and he was by the, the, the swimming pool and, and they were lifting some weights, as was often the case in those days. And, and he went up and he said, I think I can do that. And they say, oh, you'll never be able to lift it. And he pressed 180 pounds above his head without any problems. And and, um, and and the British record was, I think it was around about 210 pounds for his weight category at the time. So he was, there was an element of a natural, he loved it. And, and his attitude to sports, I think he's got an amazing attitude. They can do, can get up, get on with it and, 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 and can do it. And, and uh, he just fitted in and, and loved the camaraderie of, of, of weightlifting and the sports world. Michael, great to talk to you. We appreciate you Thank coming you, on today and, and give our best to your father. Thanks very much. 
Thank you so much. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Max. There we go. Um, Michael Helfgott. Now, what an amazing story. I've tweeted out the article. It is, an ama- it is an amazing story. And, and you know, like he says, you know, there is a reason why we need to talk about this and remember mm. this day. And, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I found it incredibly moving, you know, and still do. It's, it's uh, yeah, what an amazing man. And, and like you say, you, you do think, oh, you're, you know, liberated and that's fine. But and you've got to rebuild your life. And as a teenager, yeah. it's just extraordinary, isn't it? And that Windermere uh, children uh, uh, drama is tonight, I think, on, on BBC Four. And then it's, I think it's followed by the, the Windermere children in their own words, which yeah. I've seen before, which is very powerful. And I think uh, Sir Ben is part of that. And, so. and, and also, you know, the absolute disgrace of people that deny this yeah. ever happening. You know, not unlike the people who are denying what's happening right now, you know, that, that have blood on their hands. And, you know, it's, it's so important that we do to keep talking about those things year on year because we will, you know, we'll lose these, we'll lose people, lost a lot of people who, you know, who are just through old age who, who went through this and we, it's important we keep talking about it. Yep. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. Yeah, what a story that was about yeah. uh, Sir Ben Helfgott. Yeah, I really, just really pleased we did it. I thought Michael was amazing, wasn't he? Spoke yeah. brilliantly and a good thing to do. Um, we're back tomorrow from uh, one. We'll have uh, the birthday spread. Andy will be joining us, uh, amongst other things. So until then, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.